You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Paul Lazarus. In the 1980s, I produced and hosted a radio series called Anything Goes, a celebration of the American musical theater. Now the Broadway Podcast Network is bringing back these shows. This is the second of a three-part program featuring legendary composer Cy Coleman. In September of 1980, Cy came to my apartment in Manhattan and discussed everything from his collaboration with Dorothy Fields to working with Gwen Verdon. You began your, your very long and uh, wonderful collaboration with Dorothy Fields with a show called Sweet Charity, and I was wondering how that relationship began. Well, after Little Me, Carolyn Lee and I decided... Uh, well, I was furious. <laughs> so, In a word, yeah. Decided to break that one off. We decided. I went to Europe. And I don't know why. It was one of those things when I just... And Little Me was a tough experience. And I mean, it was just a hard show. I mean, it's a wonderful show, but hard. And all of, I just took off for, for London. And I got in London and I said, well, what am I here for? So um, I just decided to run away to Europe. I did. And then I stayed for about a month. And then I decided to come back. And then I started fooling around with other people. You know, I mean, when you break up a collaboration, it's very difficult. You know, you, you wonder what you're going to do. And then you're, you're not anxious to get involved in another collaboration. So I started writing with Bob Hilliard, and I started writing with Hal David. I did a few songs, and uh, he later went on with uh, Burt Backrack. And um, I just was figuring out what to do. And I was invited to a songwriters meeting at Dorothy Fields' house. And uh, it was uh, something about the uh, copyright and all that sort of thing. And I was up there, and I said to her, and I, of course, knew Dorothy Fields and her reputation. And she was a grand old lady of the theater. And I said to her, uh, would you care to write something with me? She said, I'd love to. And she hadn't been doing anything, and so we decided to collaborate. So we wrote a few songs, and uh, I thought it was a collaboration that could work. And then Bobby Fossey came to me, and he said, uh, Gwen and I would like you to do Sweet Charity. And that, he said, is that Fosse's idea to, take, to, to adapt the movie? Oh, yes. The Lini movie? Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, he did an adaptation by himself. I have a poster that has his name on it, his book writer. He was the one who decided to do Sweet Charity, to do it as a vehicle for Gwen, and that it would be a wonderful property. And uh, he asked who I wanted to write with, and I said, Dorothy Fields. And it was like a grand old family. They had done Redhead, right. you know, uh, with... Uh, Albert Haig, I guess. Yes, uh, with Albert Haig. So... 
uh, that's how we, we got to do Sweet Charity. Uh, Neil Simon became involved when Bobby decided that we needed the book, right? We got to get Neil involved. And Neil was in uh, Europe. I think he was in Rome doing a picture called The Fox. And Bobby flew over there and he wouldn't leave until he got a yes from Neil. Someone loves me. Someone loves me. My heart is beating so fast All kinds of music is pouring out of me Somebody loves me at last Now I'm a brass band I'm a harpsichord I'm a clarinet I'm a Philadelphia orchestra I'm the modern jazz quartet I'm the band from Macy's Big Parade A wild Camp Basie Blast I'm the bells of St. Peter's in Rome I'm tissue paper on a comb And all kinds of music is pouring out of me Cause somebody loves me at last Charity, Hope, Valentine, Girl, Fall Guy, from the musical Sweet Charity, a musical that was based on a Fellini film entitled The Knights of Cabiria, and Gwen Verdon performed I'm a Brass Band, a song written by Dorothy Fields and Cy Coleman. Back to a pre-recorded interview with my guest today on Anything Goes, Cy Coleman. Dorothy Fields and I had one big problem. Dorothy's an early riser and I'm not. She was an early riser, I should say. And she couldn't understand why I was still in bed at 8 o'clock. <laughs> and she didn't want to understand. And I would get very testy about it because she'd call me up and she'd say, at 8.30 or something like that, having waited since 7, looking at the phone. Oh. I find that people who get up very early in the morning look at the phone and wonder when it will be all right to call. That's right. But she'd call me up at 8.30 and she'd have this tone that used to drive me absolutely crazy. She'd say... Are you st- 
still in bed? And I'd say, Dorothy, I said, I mean, it's bad enough to be woken up, but to have that imperious tone telling me that it's wrong for me to be in bed is more than I can bear. So she'd finally pushed it up to nine o'clock, and then I discovered how to, I've, my phone would never shut off, and then I started burying it under pillows, and then she'd get angry because I was avoiding her. And so we had a big battle going on about when to start the morning. Now, Darth used to get up when she had a tune of mine. And when she'd work, when she'd put the lyrics to the music, and she'd get up at six o'clock in the morning, she had a card table. She used to meticulously sharpen her pencils. I heard this whole routine. And then she'd work until eight or nine. And, then she'd and she'd do her best work. We see, and then, um, then of course she was ready to call me. <laughs> Today I feel New York is really my personal property, right down Broadway to City Hall. Every supermarket, every five and ten, all of Lincoln Center and the Great UN—they're all my personal property. The zoo in Central Park is merely my private menagerie. I've carved my name on every tree. From Yonkers Raceway to Bowling Green, I own everything around and in between. It's all my personal property. The planetarium is mine alone. The old aquarium. I also own, and since I've been today, New York is really my personal property. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. Since I like you very much, so very, very much, I'm gonna split it with you. Shirley MacLaine performing My Personal Property, a song written expressly for the film version of Sweet Charity. You're listening to Anything Goes with guest Cy Coleman. Why was uh, the song Pink Taffeta Sample Size 10 cut from the score? Do you remember? It's such a... Oh, it's a beautiful song. Beautiful song. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, I told you, very often your, your favorite songs get cut. Uh, Pink Taffeta was cut because the whole scene went. There was a whole hypnotic, hypnosis scene. Oh... And frankly, that was before that was written before Neil Simon became involved. When Neil came in and rewrote the book, or wrote the book as you like, whatever it is, you know, in Fellini's picture, Nights of Cabiria, uh, there was a scene where she's sort of uh, in a carnival, and she was sort of hypnotized, and that was the scene. Oh, I see. And she, she went back to her scene. childhood, and she sang Pink Taffeta, the sample size 10. When that went, the song went. When I was a kid, Pop went on the road, winter and summer. He was a traveling salesman, what the trade called a drummer. He worked for a firm called Juvenile Frocks, 
And once and so often he'd bring home a box That was the box I'd fall on If my hands were clean Pop, let me try them all on Number 553 The juvenile frock for me I loved 553 It was copied from an import It was real Parisian First I'd model it for Ma Then I'd hand it back to Pa The pink taffeta sample Size 10 It had 27 buttons Which was sewed on very straight And the skirt spread like a fan And besides it fit me better than The blue organdy sample Size 8 Then my dream went in the suitcase Papa had to take a train And it never could be mine Cause he'd sell it off the line In Scranton, Pennsylvania Then on my 11th birthday Pop was way out in Cheyenne It's the birthday I love most Cause what came by parcel post The pink taffeta sample Size 10 Never thought I'd own The pink taffeta sample Size 10 Lyricist Dorothy Fields performing her own song, Pink Taffeta Sample Size 10, at a lyrics and lyricist evening at the 92nd Street YMYWHA. That same evening, her collaborator, Cy Coleman, came up on stage and sang another song from the score to Sweet Charity, a song entitled, Where Am I Going? Where am I going and what will I find? What's in this grab bag that I call my mind? What am I doing alone on the shelf? Ain't it a shame? No one's to blame but myself. Which way is clear? When you've lost your way, year after year, Just a kick of it staggering through The thin and thick of it Hating each old and tired trick of it Know what I am I'm good and sick of it Where am I going? Why do I care? Run to the Bronx or Washington Square No matter where I run I meet myself there looking inside me what do I see anger and hope 
You're listening to Anything Goes. I'm your host, Paul Lazarus, and you just heard Cy Coleman, my guest today on Anything Goes and the feature of this particular program, performing perhaps my personal favorite of all his work, Where Am I Going from the Score to Sweet Charity. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How, how did you feel about uh, when you first approached about Seesaw? I mean, it was originally a two-character comedy by William mm-hmm. Gibson, which I think Henry Fonda and Anne Bancroft were the stars originally. Right. And uh, suddenly, Bennett wants to do a, a really ma- a big-sized musical out of it. Did... Michael Bennett was not there in the beginning. Oh, he wasn't? So who, who was uh, presenting the idea? Uh, Seesaw... Who brought us the idea? Uh, Michael Stewart. Michael Stewart? Michael Stewart originally wrote Seesaw. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Because, ah, because this is adapted. It says adapted by Michael. I assume that he d- had done the book. No, no, no. What the story was in that was Michael Stewart had written the book. Ed Sheeran was the director. Mm-hmm. Um, Lanny Kazan was the star. And we went to Detroit. And the show was not working. Uh-huh. And we had a big, disastrous turn of events, and uh, <clears throat> Grover Dale did the choreography. The producer came out, and Lainey was let go. Ed was let go. And uh, Michael Bennett came in uh-huh. to take over. And uh, there was... A little bit of, uh, Michael stayed on for quite some, Michael Stewart stayed on for quite some time. And it was just one of those things where he was in disagreement and didn't want to hurt the show. So he said, thank you all very much, but I am taken off. And take my name off. <laughs> so, uh-huh. yeah. Michael will tell me, but this is, is his... the truth. This is it, you know. Yeah. Is there anything now, he's still in? Huh? Oh, quite a, a bit. Yeah. Oh, quite a bit. Uh, I, didn't know, I didn't know this at all. Okay, now, very few people know it. Now, here we were sitting and we were in previews. And Joe Kipnis called me up and he said, listen, we need somebody to work on it. Neil Simon is having a little dinner. Uh, and his, uh, it was a luncheon. And I'll never forget, I went to that luncheon and I played stuff from Little Me. I got up. And Joan, his wife, who had died, she, she was a wonderful girl, Neil's first wife. And she said to me, you really want to work on your show, don't you? And I said, yes, I do, Joe. She said, well, she said, why don't you bring it up to him? She says, then I'll talk to him. So we did that. Uh, I, I talked to him about it. He said, well, I'll come and see it. I said, you know, I just want you to cut it. So actually, the meeting that we had eventually was Michael Bennett, 
Neil Simon, myself, and uh, Joe Kipnis. And we sat there and we talked Neil into it. Now, Neil came in and he said, listen, I'm going to be a president. He liked Michael a lot. And he liked me, you know, we had worked together. And he said, it's going to be my present to you. My name cannot go on it, though. Uh-huh. So he did extensive rewrites, too. So we had Neil Simon working on the book. Well, now we had uh, a lot of stuff from Michael left over. We had a lot of stuff from uh, Neil that Neil had put in. And the question is, Who's going to, we need to put down the name of somebody. Somebody's name has got to go on there. So Michael and I decided that was going to be Dorothy Fields. Well, she struggled with it for about two, three days, and she called up, and she couldn't sleep nights. And she said, I cannot do it. I cannot put my name on something I didn't do. I said, well, you know, this is for the good of the show, Dorothy. So she said, no, she couldn't do it. So I turned to Michael. I said, well, you're the next, you're the director, you're the next logical contender. And I said, we're going to have to, we're going to have to give it to you. So he was a little reluctant, but, uh, you know, we decided it had to be some name, so that was Michael's name. Oh my, so that's, so that's where I get it from. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Do you remember uh, getting the lyric to Nobody Does It Like Me? Oh, actually, no, you just described that to me. You said that, that... We sat up late at night doing that in Detroit. I mean, so when Michael came in... written out of town then. Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, there was, we don't know what happened. I mean, there, there was one show playing on stage at the Fisher Theater, and there was one show being rehearsed at the St. Regis Hotel. I mean, it was just an incredible time. We worked so hard, and I had the London flu, and people would come in and knock at my door, and there were bodies all around, and the hallways. I mean, it was just an incredible time. It was a very exciting, but a very incredible time. Well, some- a very special time. Some of the best things happen out of town. I mean, it's, uh, you know... And the worst. And the the worst. But that's a really great number. Nobody does it like me. If you gave the man your number and the man calls And he seems a little nervous and shy You don't make him shyer or nervouser You help him out. At least you try. Or he's just gonna say goodbye. Which is exactly what he said. Goodbye. When it comes to men, do I ever do what's right? Any year, any month, any morning, afternoon, or night. If there's a wrong way to say it, a wrong way to play it, nobody does it like me. If there's a wrong way to do it, a right way to screw it up, Nobody does it like me I've got a big loud mouth I'm always talking much too free If you go for tact and manners Better stay away from me If there's a wrong way to keep it cool The right way to be a fool Nobody does it like me If there's a wrong bell I ring it A wrong note I sing it Nobody does it like me If there's a problem, I duck it I don't solve it, I just muck it up Nobody does it like me And so I try to be a lady I'm no lady, I'm a fraud And when I talk like I'm a lady What I 
Michelle Lee performing Nobody Doesn't Like Me from Seesaw, a show with a score by Dorothy Fields and Cy Coleman, my guest today on Anything Goes. I'm going to go to uh, I Love My Wife in 1977. Where did you come across Lenny Baker, who, who ended up winning a Tony Award for Best Featured Actor in I Love My Wife? We auditioned him. Did, had you seen him in Next Stop Greenwich Village? Not until after. Oh, was that after I Love My Wife? No, I hadn't seen oh. him in it. I hadn't seen him in the movie until after he had been uh, cast. I thought we had wonderful cast there. I mean, Lenny Baker and Jim Norton, Eileen Graff, and Joanna Gleason. They were, uh, were really a really remarkable cast. And, you know, we started off with uh, a different one uh, director, a different director. Oh, before Gene Sachs, mean? Yes, I mean, to start off with Joe Layton. See, Joe Layton and uh, Michael and I had worked on it for almost a half a year or a year. And then two weeks into rehearsal, Joe had an unfortunate accident. He was at a party at a loft in one of those kind of like balcony things mm-hmm. and leaned against it and it went over and he fell over 10 feet down and broke everything on one side. Wow. Yes, it was a tragedy. And I got on the phone and called Gene Sachs in California the next morning. I mean, was, poor Joe was in St. Vincent's. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, emergency care, and he was uh, actually in, the, um, in a very intensive care unit. I never, so, I never I mean, heard this story either. Yes, and he went through a lot. It's amazing. You know, you take a look at Joe and the way he's done Barnum and the remarkable things that he's done and his amazing recovery, and he's just as good as new. He's just patched. Whose idea was to have the, the live band on stage? Was that something that evolved throughout the, the beginning? Michael Stewart. That mm. was a phenomenally good idea. And, and that was Michael Stewart's idea, and... The practical application of it was done by Michael and myself, and in the beginning with Joe Layton, and then afterwards the costuming and that, all the kind of things, those little tricks that were Gene, Gene Sachs. Yeah, that's very, very nice. And so I can say, you know, that's we can true. give the so we can give the initial idea to Michael, and then all the little bunch of things that go in there, you know, we can all take a bit of credit for. Uh huh. Because that that made that show very, very special. That, oh yes, that was the idea. thoughts may stray My eyes may roam The neighbor's grass may seem much greener than the grass right here at home If pretty girls excite me well, that's life But just in case you didn't know love my wife My mind at times Might dwell on sex If someone's rating dreams Then most of mine, I guess, are double X So dimpled knees delight me Well, that's life in case you hadn't heard I love my wife like bait that wriggles makes catfish bite a lake 
eyes got a light upon so sweet a sight. And if I shake, break out in spots, don't fret, it's not swine fever, dear. Your swine has merely got the hots. If rosy lips invite me, well, that's life. But just in case you didn't know, I love my wife. This bee ain't lazy. my fuzz well naturally I buzz but don't be cross or scold or cry he likes to stop and window shop but papa's never gonna buy if ladies dynamite me well that's life but just in case you couldn't guess or hadn't heard or didn't know I love my wife I love my wife I love my wife Lenny Baker and the original cast performing the title song from I Love My Wife, a score written by Cy Coleman with lyrics by Michael Stewart. You've been listening to Cy Coleman Part 2, the second of a three-part series. Associate producer Jeff London. Anything Goes Backstage with Broadway's Best is produced and hosted by Paul Lazarus. For more information, visit anythinggoespl.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and follow us. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.